We are just ecstatic about what God is doing. And I uh, love the way you guys pressed into worship tonight. It was so good. And we've got uh, the, next, the next three days to do this with all our hearts, to go after God with everything. And so if this is your first time to desperation, we're just, we're thankful that you came. Uh, our aim and our goal is to be a generation in desperate pursuit of God, to worship with everything that we have, to be a people of prayer, uh, spend time on our face seeking God, to be set apart and live holy for him and then to fulfill the call that he has on our lives in our generation. And so that's what we're about. We're so glad. We want you to really feel welcome. Glad that you're here. Let's pray together. And then uh, I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be set apart, holy, your church in 2013. God, in a generation that so needs you, God, we ask that you would help us, Lord Jesus, to be a light. God, we ask that you would help us to walk closely with you and to know you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us tonight to hear your voice, to walk in what you've called us to. We love you and we honor you. And everyone said amen. 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 I grew up in church. Anybody grow up in church? You grew up in church? Yeah. I grew up in church. And and one of the things that you do in church is you sing songs. And and I grew up singing songs. Uh, My dad was a pastor. And I grew up as a little kid singing church songs. Church songs was a part of my life. And so you know that you are a church kid if you know this song. And if you know this song, you got to sing it loud with me. Ready? Deep and wide, deep and there's a fountain. Nah, 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 nah. Deep. That's good. Fountain flowing deep and wide. Yeah, give yourself a hand. That's good. That's good. How about this one? You need to remember this one. He's got the whole world. Yeah, come on, get him out. Get your hands out. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Now you know that you're super church kid. You're. I mean, you're a big time church kid. If you ever did this one, I may never march in the infantry. Wow. I may never <laughs> the enemy, but I'm yeah, there you go. Give yourself a hand. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to go. For all of you that didn't grow up in church, you just got scared to death. Just suddenly you're freaking out right now. Like, where am I? What's going on? What's happening? But what happens is we grow up in church and we sing songs. We become kind of familiar with kind of big ideas about God and we sing songs about God and and that happens in childhood and then you become a teenager and you enter into a whole different level of subculture Christianity. I, I grew up as a teenage Christian hearing Christian rap songs. Everybody like Christian rap? Anybody heard Christian rap? Yeah. Christian rap. And we had Christian t-shirts. Now, my day, my day, when I was a teenager, the new big t-shirt was the Lord's Gym, bench press this. Did anybody see that old t-shirt? That's from the, 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 the early 90s. That was sweet. All right. About the time you were born, right? 
I saw the last Desperation Conference, I saw a new t-shirt. This is Christian subculture like crazy. It said, Holy Spirit swag on it. And uh, I thought, my, 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 that, that's Christian subculture if I've ever seen it right there. And so I don't know about you, but for me, it's easy to kind of grow up hearing the good news, hearing the gospel, even hearing about Jesus and over time, it can become just kind of familiar. It can be something that maybe we know in truth, we know that we ought to have some thrill and excitement and marvel about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. But sometimes as I hang out with teenagers and, and know from growing up in it myself that sometimes it's very easy for the message, the good news of the gospel to kind of just become a little just familiar We've grown up in it and we, we, we sing kind of goofy songs and, and we've got subculture, we've got Christian radio songs and we've got, we've got Christian TV and we've got Christian movies and we've got preaching vegetables and we've got, we've just got all these things. And so, and so it's easy for us just to kind of, kind of just get used to it. Kind of becomes familiar. I was reading Screwtape Letters, which is a book by C.S. Lewis and he he talks about this idea about, he talks about when it becomes, when it becomes familiar to us. And, he, and he, in the book, he called it the horror of the same old thing. In other words, the scheme of the enemy would be to get fired up Christians, Christians who at one time had fervency for God, but maybe they've just gotten familiar with the good news. They've become familiar with the truth. They become familiar with maybe the story of Jesus, familiar with what he's done, And it becomes a horror, horrible. I mean, the horror of the same old thing. And in the book, he's saying, hey, the strategy is if we can get them to just get used to doing the same old thing, not have marvel in their heart about who Jesus is and what Jesus did and what it means that he rose from the dead. If we can just get them kind of with this routine, this kind of same old thing, then we've got them. And tonight, my dream is that we would look at the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, who Jesus is, what Jesus did with fresh eyes. That tonight we would see it. And, and maybe, maybe you've grown up in church and you've become one of those people that it's just become familiar to you. It's just become something that's just kind of normal. I was in uh, Nepal a few months ago. And uh, we were hiking and taking the gospel to a home to home. And really, it, we, were, we were taking it like from, from hut to hut. And sometimes we'd go visit different people that, that had never heard the gospel. They didn't, they didn't know Jesus. Some of them had heard it before. But I was amazed as I, we were in the mountains of Nepal. And we would take the gospel and we'd take it to people and we'd hand them this track. Now in America, you know, people are resistant to tracks because, you know, we've, 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 we've heard, we don't want to be bugged and that culturally that, that's difficult here. But there, there was this reception. There was this kind of excitement and it was like it was fresh to them. And so we're hiking up in the mountains in Nepal and people are saying yes to Jesus and there's excitement about Jesus and I'll never forget hiking up a mountain one day and we were going to visit Christ groups and we were going with Every Home for Christ. And tomorrow you're gonna hear a little bit more about some of what Desperation is doing with, with Every Home for Christ through our, our um, Spend Me campaign. But, but I was with them and, and we, were, we were going and, and I handed on, as we were walking up, I handed this to this lady. I handed her the gospel track, just the good news. 
and he didn't think much about it. And we were up, we went and visited a, a, a Christ group, a church way up in the mountains. And then we came back down. It was probably, I would guess, two and a half hours later. And I'm walking down and I see the same lady that I handed it to her earlier, the gospel, just the story in her language for her to read it. And a couple, two and a half hours later, she was still there just reading it. There's marvel. There was kind of a, a wonder, kind of a fascination and interest. You and I, we, 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 we live with it so much around us. And we go to church. We off, many of you may go to church all your life. And you just get used to singing songs. You get used to saying, Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. You can quote John 3, 16. And you've seen the movie. And, so to even come to desperation tonight, it's kind of like, yeah, here we go. We're going to sing some Christian songs and then some guy's going to get up and talk. And, 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 and tonight my prayer is that there would be just some marvel. Just we want to see it. We want to hear the good news and really put ourselves in the position. Really, I mean, tonight, let's go to the story of Jesus. Let's, let's put our lives in the narrative of who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Let's find ourselves there tonight. Let's, let's go there. I want us to look tonight through the eyes of Barabbas. Barabbas. Scripture says, actually, well, Matthew says in his gospel that he was a prisoner. But when you continue and you read through Mark and Luke, they both talk about him being a murderer. And then John, in his gospel, he talks about him being part of an uprising against Rome. No matter how you look at it, Barabbas prisoner, murderer, part of an uprising. He was, he was one that had gone so far. And if you look at his story, if you look at his story, this man who literally was condemned to die. I mean, should have died on a cross for what he did. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if Barabbas ever saw Jesus on the cross, but I wonder sometimes. I imagine in my head, I wonder what, what Barabbas thought if he saw the perfect one, the holy one, Jesus, literally go to the cross for him. I wonder what Barabbas was thinking when Jesus, perfect, without sin, died on a cross so that he and you and me could have freedom.
symbolize his destiny. Barabbas, I mean, he got a front row seat to the story of salvation. I don't know about you, but I, I can't imagine being in a prison cell and you're Barabbas, and there you are, destined to die on a cross. And all of a sudden, the Roman guard says, come on. Come on out. Pilate is going to let someone go. 
this Jewish festival, he's going to let someone go for the, because he wants to just show goodwill to the Jews. And so he's going to let someone go free. And then you've got Barabbas. You can imagine as he's walking out and there's the conversation. What do you mean someone? There's another prisoner. Yeah, there's another prisoner. There's this man, Jesus. And, and G- what, what, what has Jesus done? And they look back and they go, well, Jesus is perfect. Jesus is actually one who brings life. You're a murderer that took life and Jesus gives life. Jesus is the one that he didn't hurt people. He healed people. He didn't hate people. He loved people. He was actually someone who healed the sick. He was one that preached about God in a better way. And, and so you maybe have been about destroying, but this man, Jesus was about helping and serving and loving. And, and so really, I can imagine Barabbas thinking, oh, there's little chance. Then imagine the moment. You've got Barabbas standing on trial, maybe Pilate in the middle, and Jesus standing on the other side. And you know the story, you've heard it. It's the great story where you have the perfect picture of one who gives absolute life and another who gives death. One who deserves death. It's the perfect picture. It's the picture of you and Jesus. It's the picture of me and Jesus. Imagine if you're Barabbas. All of a sudden, you start to listen. Pilate says, who do you want? Who shall I let go free? And the crowd begins to just chant back, Barabbas, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. Yeah, give us Barabbas. Give us the one who murders. Give us the thief. The crowd echoes back. Give us, give us the one who hates. Yeah, Barabbas, they start to, Scream your name. The crowds start to chant Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. We have a picture of what Jesus was like on the cross, the way that he responded to the thief on the cross. And if you remember the story, there's a moment where the thief looks at Jesus and he says, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus replies, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. We have a story of Jesus on the cross, beaten, whipped, dying, nails in his hands and feet, where he looks at the very crowd that crucified him and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. What we find in the picture of Jesus in this moment of the crucifixion is we find absolute love for people. And when I think about how Jesus probably looked at Barabbas, it was probably the same way that he looked at the thief, probably the same way that he looked at the very people that were crucifying him with love. You can imagine Barabbas, maybe even locking eyes with Jesus. And Jesus 
filled with love, going to the cross in the place for Barabbas. And I don't know, but I imagine, I imagine Jesus with nothing but love in his heart for you, for me, for humanity, and for Barabbas saying, I'll go. I'll go. We have just before the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane, where he knows, he knows the way it's going to turn out. He knows what's happening. He's already given up his life and he's saying, I'll go. And he voluntarily gives up his life for you and me, but for Barabbas, for this horrible, horrible murderer, thief. The reality is the Barabbas story is our story. Barabbas' story is my story. Barabbas' story is your, your story. Because the truth is, is that the scripture says that all, Romans 3 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, every one of us, you and I, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how much little church, a lot of church, if you've been around the youth group for a long time, if this is the first time, Scripture says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, all, that word all is a big word. Three letters there, all. So you and I are in this condition, this reality of we've fallen short. And Paul goes on in Romans 6. He says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He goes the wages of sin, the result of sin is death. What we deserve is death. Just like Barabbas. But the gift of God, that's a big idea. The gift, Jesus was a gift. His life wasn't taken, he gave it. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord or our King. And so you and I, we stare this in the face and we've got a choice to make. And I know, I know the response. I know how we go. Some of you tonight, you go, no, 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 David, great. Thanks for the the drama. Thanks for showing. And I like the comparison to Barabbas, but David, I'm not that bad. I haven't killed anybody. David, no, 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 no. Don't compare me to Barabbas. No. No, no, I'm a good kid. I, I, I'm in Bible quizzing and I, I wear Christian t-shirts and I smile a lot. Don't compare me. Don't think of me that way. I'm not that bad. We've been reading through the Sermon on the Mount and it's interesting the way that Jesus talks in the Sermon on the Mount because on the Sermon on the Mount, he goes, anyone who is angry is guilty of murder. ha. <laughs> Take that in for a minute. Because in our way, we go, hey, I'm okay, you're okay. And in our culture, it's kind of, I'm okay, you're okay. But if you go the Jesus way and listen to the Jesus message, Jesus says in Matthew 5, if you are angry at your brother, you're guilty of murder. (gasps) I just want you to think about that. I, I want you to think about, have you ever been angry? 
Don't answer. You're guilty. A murder. Huh? I mean, scary. These chains are yours. These chains are mine. I've been angry. Jesus says, anyone who lusts is guilty of adultery. Yeah. Anyone who lusts is guilty of adultery. Don't respond. Adultery? Jesus tells us right there to love our enemies. The truth is, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's my story. That's your story. We stand in the need of a savior. Somehow, some way. And Jesus said, John 14, 6, he goes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. There is a way to eternal life. It's a person. It's in Christ. It's because of what Jesus did. He's created a way for you and I to live forever with him, to have eternal life with him. The whole story is Jesus. And, and even though we've got Jesus t-shirts and even though we've got Jesus songs and even though we've got buildings all over the America that, that we sing songs about Jesus and we talk about Jesus, tonight I'm not talking about the songs we sing, the clothes we wear, the sermons we've heard, the rap music that's got Jesus. like, what, 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 Jesus? What, what, on that. I'm not talking about any of those mediums. I'm not talking about any of those methods. Those methods will not take you into eternal life. The way that you will receive eternal life, the way that you'll find the great life, the Jesus life, is through a person. It's through relationship with him. It's through knowing him. So you go, David, some of you go, all right, I get it. I'm bad. Thank you. I came all the way to Colorado to hear I'm bad. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Bless the Lord. It was a good night. Let's go home. Some of you have an opposite response tonight. Some of you, it's, you, you hear this and you go, I, I, don't even, I don't even think this story of the gospel is, is true for me because you don't know how bad I am. And your issue is not, hey, I'm, I'm not that bad. Yours is, I'm too bad. How do I, 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 I don't, you don't know what I've done, David. You don't know how messed up I am. You don't know how far I've been from God. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the level to which I've hurt people. Immorality consumes me. And when you think of this story, you're broken on the inside because deep down in your heart, you think maybe it's good for some of these other ones. Not me. I'm too messed up. I've gone too far. I'm too broken. And every time you start to get close to God, every time you come to maybe desperation, you're, you're, you're wanting to pursue God, but you start to have memories of the past, memories of things that you've done. And the enemy starts to speak lies to you and you start to go, no, 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 I've done, I've done horrible things. I've gone the wrong way. There's no chance for me. And you start to think about the past and the past starts to call, you start to go, no chance. And so instead of running to God, you run from God. I, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it, so bear with me. Uh, this is a little scary for me, but um, I'm a triplet. I grew up with uh, 
two girls, uh, and uh, so I was born in a litter. Um, David, Dana, and Deborah. And, uh, and then we had my brother Dan. Uh, he's younger. And uh, so I grew up with two, uh, two girls. And one of the problems with these girls was that they were good looking. Because uh, when you're a triplet, you're compared to your siblings, especially when you're all the same age. The other problem with these girls was that they were average normal size, um, which wasn't, wasn't good for me. Um, because I was so often compared to them. And so uh, there's this, this one day that was really, really rough for me. I w- uh, went to a high school, uh, went to a public high school. And, and uh, my sister, Deborah, she was like, she was kind of in with the cool crowd. And so this is my, this is my, my senior year-ish. Could be my junior year. I can't remember. It was my senior year. It was my senior year of high school. And my senior of high school, uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I, I was not as cool as her. She lives a big high school and, and she, she was blonde and kind of, she, she, was, she was friends with, I mean, the, 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 the coolest girls in our class. I mean, if you know what I'm saying by cool, I mean, they were like the top. They were the, ah, I mean, you know, it was, they were the ones, they were the, they were the tribe, they were the people, they were the it crowd. They, I mean, it was like, I mean, they were, and, and I was more of the braces and a mullet um, kid that just, yeah, there we go. Welcome to all you braces and mullets. Yep. And uh, so on the social status, I was lower, much lower in high school. And so, but I, but I, but I really wanted to impress the cool people as all of us typically do. And uh, I had a dark night of the soul one night. Um, I was leaving, sorry, <laughs> you're like, what's a dark night? Anyway, so I was, uh, I was coming home uh, one night. We had a, a football game uh, at our school and it was a football game and then there was the, the, the high school dance. And so um, I was gonna go to the dance, and, um, and, but I had an issue. And this is where it gets embarrassing and hard for me to tell you the story um, because I'm telling this to thousands of people, but I'm gonna go for it for the sake of the gospel and tell, you know, it ties in, so... All for you, Jesus. But here we go. So I, uh, I, was, I was on my way uh, from the high school football game to the high school dance. And uh, I suddenly had a very horrible issue going on. And, um, and that was that I, I, I had to go to the bathroom badly, um, horrifically. And so I, I, I got to my house. And when I got to my house... Uh, my dad uh, was in the main room studying, reading, and so there was a bathroom right next to him, but I thought, oh no, <laughs> don't want to mess up the Lord probably speaking to him as he prepares for his message uh, for Sunday. I don't want you know, judgment one day. So I decided that I wasn't gonna go to the bathroom close to him, um, and I had this thought, oh yeah, my sister Deborah, her bedroom upstairs had a bathroom just off of it, you know, like her own little private bathroom, and so I thought, okay, brilliant, you know, no one's here, I mean, she's on her way to the dance, it's got, I mean, I'll, I'll just go on up, and so I did, and I went up to that bathroom, and then it was a horrible moment, it was a la Dumb and Dumber-ish, uh, just awful. Just, I won't even begin to talk about it, because I, some of your youth pastors will hate me for talking about that, so I won't. Um, but it was, it, was, it was bad. I mean, it was horrible. It was, it was, it was, it was anyway, I'll stop. And, and, uh, and then th- th- that was a bad moment, but it got worse because all of a sudden I heard voices. 
and these voices were the voices. I mean, like the cool click voices. I, I could hear them. I mean, I'm used to them like at school, but I could hear them in my state of destruction and devastation and embarrassment. And so all of a sudden I hear in the bedroom, right, and I'm in the back, I hear this, ooh, Deborah, your room stinks. And, I, and my whole soul crumbled within me. Terror struck me. And so I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't, at this point, I still thought I could get away with it. I thought maybe I could wait this thing out. So I turned off the light and jumped in the shower and, uh, and prayed. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. If you love me, if you love me. And um, then I heard the voice of my sister, eight minutes less mature than me. I'm older by eight minutes. Triplets. She came out after me. All right. I hear her say this. David! Are you in there? And what do you do? What? I mean, my, my whole, I just, I was dying on the inside. It was horrible. And so I did what any wise man would do. I went over, flushed it, turned the light back on. Wash my hands, open up the door. Hello, ladies. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was the worst moment of my life. But here was the awkward part. <laughs> the awkward part was when I got to the dance and they were like, how you feeling, David? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> you know all that. The rest of my senior year, if I would see one of them walking down the hallway, I would be like, <laughs> I was like, I, 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 I suddenly was like, I want to stay away from them. You want to know why? Because my past defined my position in their eyes, right? I was like, man, I'm, I'm scared to death to be around that. I don't, I mean, they, I'm sure I had this idea in my head. I'm sure they only see me one way. They only see me through lens of David. That's it. That memory locked in, in their head. And you and I, this is one of the things the enemy wants to do over and over and over and over again is to get you to define your life by your past, not your position in Christ. Not who you are in Christ. And so that, so that every time, every time that you start to get close to, okay, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm really going to go after you. The enemy comes and says, remember what you did? Remember your past? Remember, you've tried this before. Uh, remember, no, no, no. You committed a couple summers ago. No, no, no. Remember that? And then you fell so short and, and the enemy's coming after you over and over and over again so that you'll just kind of, oh yeah, the past is going to define me rather than allowing what Jesus has done for you, your position as we all, because of what Jesus did we can have new life in him and so the temptation for you is to define your life by your past I'm too bad it's the opposite of hey I'm not that bad it's some of you in the room you go I'm too bad I'm too messed up I'm too broken I'm too hurting 
I've gone too far. I've done too much. Surely the cross isn't big enough for me. Surely what Jesus did. And Jesus looked at the face of a thief on the cross and he said, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. I just want to talk about that for a minute. Think about the righteousness of the thief on the cross. Can you think about it? I mean, there he is on a cross right there. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. What? How many cups of cold water did he give? Right? How many times was he great and kind? How much righteousness do we see displayed? We see a repentant heart and Jesus says, I'll take it. And his dying breath. And Jesus says, you're with me. What Jesus wants is you to turn your heart towards him. It's a turning of your heart. It's a choice. It's a relationship that he's looking for. And out of the overflow of that relationship, absolutely, we're going to walk in righteousness. We're going to choose righteousness. We're going we're to fall short, but we get back up again. We fix our eyes on Jesus and we go, okay, I'm coming after you. We re-sign up and we go, because of who you are and what you've done, I give my life to you. I want to look like you. I want to be like you. And righteousness is a fruit of it. But I'm telling you this, no matter how weak or how broken or how messed up you are tonight, The good news is, is that this message of the gospel, this message of the good news, it's not just a theory or a concept for somebody else. It's your story. It's my story. It's the story of the ages. It's the story that defines human history. It's the story that's going to forever define the world is what Jesus has done for you. And sometimes we've lost the fascination of it. We've lost it because we've grown up in so much subculture. We've been around it so much that we don't even think about, okay, that though he was rich, he became poor so that we through his poverty could become rich. We don't even think about that Jesus living in eternity past, living, I mean, eternity past came to earth. God incarnate came, I mean, God became a man, the scripture says in John 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. God, he cre- Jesus creates, then he comes to earth. He lives perfectly. And then in total righteousness, flawless, he goes to the cross, dies in your place, in my place, so that we can have eternal life. And then he raises from the dead. He ascends into heaven. He's seated on the throne. One day he's returning for you and me. And you and I, it's so easy just to yawn and just kind of go, oh yeah, I've heard the songs. I've heard the rap, sing the songs. But I'm asking you tonight to engage with the story, to hear the story of who Jesus is and what he's done for you and have it go deep into your heart and know, know deeply your past doesn't define you. Who you are in Christ, what Jesus has done for you, whether that's because you're going to choose him tonight or if you've chosen him in the past and you need to renew that tonight and lock in who you are because of what Jesus has done, that's where we're going. Your position, what Jesus has done for you, that's the defining thing of your life. You go, no, 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 David. It's about how good I am. It's about how well I do. Right now I am, I am uh, the assistant baseball coach for my son Dawson, who's nine. I am, I've never played baseball, but I am a coach, which is kind of funny and ironic. Thank you very much, yeah. And, uh, and so, and so, and so a, couple, a few weeks ago, we're, we're, I, was, I was the first base coach, and this, this kid runs, I mean, runs by, right? He, he, run, he runs the first base, right? He gets out, 
He's totally out, right? And everybody's like, good job, way to go, good job, way to go, good job. Yeah, that was a great hit. And I get it. Everybody's trying to be nice, right? Everybody's just trying to be nice. But there's this part of me that's going, he's out. Like, I mean, it wasn't really that great of a hit because he's out, right? Right? I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but, but he's out, right? And, you know, you, you and I, we, we, we live in a culture that is so often just kind of cheering and, and kind of, hey, and all right, you'll be okay. And, 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 and yeah, and, and you're good. And if you're okay, I'm okay. And, and all right. And, and it's kind of murky. And I, I hate to just kind of bear the truth tonight, but I want to tell you this. It's not about what someone says about you that's just kind of telling you what they want you to hear. There is truth. It's Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. And so for you and I, the whole journey that we get in God is available to us through a man, through Jesus Christ. And I don't want to be the guy that's like, you're awesome. You're great. You're amazing. You're, uh, and, and the truth is, I hate to tell you this, but you know what? Apart from Jesus Christ, you're not that great. Oh, oh. You go, no, David, that's mean. Don't tell me. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, you're a person. That's cool. You know, but, but you want to know, you want to know what's really, what's really great. What's really great is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's really great is a life that's surrendered over. And that's when you become great. Greatness. Greatness is not, Hey, I was born. So I'm awesome. I mean, dude, look at me. I'm a teenager in America. Yeah, I rock. You know, like, I'm telling you, you may have a lot of people going, wow, yeah, and we've got to keep your self-esteem up and tell you, oh, yeah, you're great, you're good, you're good. I want to tell you this. There will be a moment where we stand before the God of the ages. And in that moment, it's the great equalizing moment where you will not want people to go, hey, whatever you think is okay and whatever you believe is okay and whatever you want is okay and you're okay, I'm okay. No, 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 no. What you want is you want to stand before the God of the ages and know him and he say, well done, good and faithful servant. I know you. You said yes to me. We walk together. I'm your God. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're good. Woo-hoo. Welcome into your rest. Welcome into the kingdom. I don't care how far you've gone, how messed up you've been. You say yes to Jesus Christ. You're his son. You're his daughter. And he delights in you. He loves my son Dawson. All right. Nine years old. Can you imagine? There I am on the, you know, first base. And can you imagine if if me, I'm his dad. If he runs, he's nine years old. All right. And he gets out and he, which, you know, I mean, he's got my genetics. He's never out. (laughs) Anyway, so... That's a lie. I just have to tell you that because I don't want judgment for that. But anyway, um, can you imagine, can you imagine how crazy it would be if he, if he runs across, you know, first base and he's out. If I was like, you pathetic nine-year-old, why can't you live up to my expectations? I'm so sick of you. I mean... You look like me, you're my boy, you got my name, but your performance is so subpar, you're out. 
you're done. I mean, you're not just out of the game. I mean, you're, or the inning or whatever. Inning? Yeah. The, but, out, yeah, I'm not that good of a coach. But anyway, you're not, you're, I mean, you're out of the faith. Can you imagine if I talk that way? No, that's the opposite. Are you kidding me? No, I'm his dad. I'm like, woohoo, way to go. I love you. That was an incredible hit. It was a bunt. No, it was a hit. Whatever. Awesome. I love you. Right? Why? Because of the position of who he is as my son. Right? Because if he's my son, if he's my boy, then he is awesome. If he's my son, if he's my boy, then his performance may get better, may get worse, but he is not losing his position. He is not losing his position as son because he's my boy. So I love him. So he, I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody else says. He is awesome. He is amazing. Does that make sense? You and I, you say yes to Jesus. You enter into the family of God. And you know what? I tell you this, Christ inside of you, you've got an eternity in him. You become, here it is, awesome. You go, no. Oh, it's, it's conditional? Yes. No, I'm, I'm saying it. it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We don't, our, our whole culture says, hey, be you. Let's worship humanity. Let's just worship each other. Let's just all stare at Instagram day and night and tell each other we like each other and worship each other. Let's just get on Facebook and join a million groups and tell each other we like each other. And one of, the, one of the schemes right now of the enemy is to get all of us getting our eyes on each other. So what do you think about me? What do you think about me? Am I cool with you? And I am, am I in with you? Am I out with you? Wait, I'm telling you, what's going to matter in the end is, do you get the like from Jesus on Judgment Day? That's what we're aiming for. What we're aiming for is, do we get, do you and I have relationship? David, that's kind of extreme. That means my whole life is about one relationship. Yes, it is. It's all about one relationship. It's that is the central piece. That is the core. That's the gospel. And that's the good news. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God, what he gave us, eternal life in Jesus Christ. You get it. You get the gift. No, me? Yeah, you. Couldn't be. Yeah, you. No, but I'm, no, no, no. Don't fight back with me. No, no, no. I don't care how weak and how broken, how messed up you are. You, you say yes to Jesus. You give yourself to Jesus. Think about how the father responds to his own son. Think about how the father loves Jesus. I love this. The great story of the baptism event in Matthew chapter three, where the father is so undone with the love for his son, he leans over the balcony of heaven and he goes, that's my boy. Remember that story? I know we, we, we think, you know, church. So we think, oh yeah, God talks, little dove comes down. Right, I remember that story. I, I saw the cartoon and I heard this, the, yeah. No, 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 no. Lock in with it. Jesus on the earth and the audible voice of heaven interrupts human history. Can you imagine that moment? Imagine if you're there. Whoa. God speaks. What voice do you hear? What kind of God do you imagine? Do you know his love for you? Do you know the kind of love that he has for you? You know, he says in John 15 that he loves you the very way that he loves his son. No, 
no. Yeah, the measure of love that exists between the first person of the, of the Trinity and the second, the kind of love that the Father has for the Son, that is how much he loves you? <gasps> yeah, imagine that. No, 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 David, it's too complicated. I, I can't imagine the kind of love that exists within the Trinity. We'll start imagining. Here we go. Think about it. We see a little window of it right here. God interrupts human history. He goes, this is my son whom I love. Some of you guys, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, you know, the voice that you hear is just kind of this wispy, kind of, just kind of mystical, you know, this is my son whom I love, you know, and it's just, I don't want pleased. And you just kind of imagine, it's, it's kind of faintish. And you've got this kind of distant view of God. Maybe you picture it kind of quiet. You can barely hear, this is my son. Huh? Come on, Will, please. Some of you imagine God, he's, you know, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, and you kind of think robotic. It's just kind of this, this is my son, you know, whom I love, you know, that kind of thing. Come on, Will, please. Some of you imagine this kind of old man, kind of father, talking about his son. He's old, and he's kind of got this Sean Connery, you know, this is my son in whom I love, you know, something like that. <laughs> You've kind of got this old man in the sky, But I'll tell you what I hear. I hear a God that delights in his boy. He can't help but erupt with delight for his son. And he's just, he sees him and he loves him and he dies his boy. He's perfect. I mean, he's perfect. I mean, imagine that. Proverbs, Proverbs says that a wise son makes his father's heart glad. Just how glad is the heart of the father who has a perfect son? <laughs> Pretty happy. <laughs> he sees his boy. <laughs> Moses, <laughs> come here, check this out. <laughs> Elijah, come here, leave the chariot. Come here, won't you see this? <laughs> come here, no, come here. <sighs> and I imagine they're like, don't do it, don't do it. It's like, I've got, I've got to do it. Like, you're going to interrupt human history. My boy down there. It's a baptism event. I'm telling you, he's been perfect for 30 years. Not bad. You'd be proud too. Oh, you guys. This is my son whom I love. That's my boy. What's up, Jesus? This is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. And he erupts with delight for his son. It's joy, it's delight, it's can't contain himself because that's the guy I love. That's my boy, that's my son. Jesus sitting around with the disciples of John 15, he looks at the disciples and he goes, hey guys, as the father has loved me, that's how I've loved you. They're like, what? John 17, Jesus prays it. He prays in John 17, just before he goes to the cross. He prays that we would know, that we would understand that the Father loves us the way that he loves Jesus. I'm telling you, that goes into your heart 1% and you start to become a pretty strong, hey, woo, yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. And you're not living with the constant, oh, did she like my, does she like me? Does he like me? Oh, what do you think about me? Do you think I'm awesome? Do you, what do you, do you think I'm awesome? If you think I'm awesome, then I'm awesome. But oh, oh, but you're not that awesome. So I don't really think I must be, right? That is ashes. That's the miserable way to live. 
The delightful way to, lay, way to live is this. What does he say about you? You've got a position. You're his son. You're his daughter. And you get to take what you have, which is nothing. You come with nothing. You come with rags. You come with nothing. The thief came with nothing. Barabbas, nothing. Imagine the adulterous woman in John 8. She comes, I mean, broken. It's the story all through the gospels. It's the good news. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about who he is. It's about what he did. And he says, tell you what, give me your ashes and I'll give you beauty. It's Jesus looking at Barabbas. Give me your chains. Give me your brokenness. Tell you what, you go free. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go to the cross that you deserve. It's, it's the great exchange. It's the exchange that's transformed history. It's the exchange that we can't understand. It's the exchange that's too good for words. Here, here. I'll take your pain and I'll give you passion. I'll take your ashes. I'll give you beauty. I'll take your anger and I'll give you forgiveness. I'll take your sadness and I'll give you joy. It's the gospel. It can't be true. It's true. It's what you you say yes to Jesus. And he goes, I'll take the broken human condition and I'll give you me. And you become like me. And wow, the gift of God is eternal life. We get life. We get it all. And some of us go, no, 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 but that's not... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it can't, that can't be a kid. It's too good. It's true. He he takes your brokenness. You just bring what you have. No matter how weak, how, he goes, I want that willing spirit. I want that willing heart. All I want you to be is willing. All that we see in the thief on the cross is just that he's willing. He goes, if you're willing, if you're willing, I want to give you more than you can imagine. My youngest son, Justice, is three. And uh, he's kind of the comedian in our family right now. We've got four kids, Renata and I do, Dawson, Olivia, Adeline, and Justice. One of my favorite things to do at night is to give them uh, ice cream before bed, which um, is in part because my wife is so into nutrition that I just like to reward them at the end of the day for making it through the day. (laughs) (laughs) Which... Funny story, I gotta tell this story since I'm on ice cream, but so this, <laughs> my son Dawson, he goes, dad, he goes, uh, this is like, this is like last year. He goes, dad, he goes, mom's new nutrition class on Tuesday nights. I said, yeah. I go, Are you okay? You miss mom? Everything all right? So he goes, no, it's not about missing mom. He goes, what she's learning is ruining my life. That's <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's not the point. <clears throat> so because they endure health food all day long, I like to give them ice cream at night. And uh, so one of the things that Justice did the other day is 
I gave them all a bowl of ice cream so all four kids were sitting there. And, you know, you got the pink bowl and the green bowl and, the, you know, everybody got their color bowl. And I give them, I give Justice his ice cream and then I go, you know, he gets it first. And then I go and get the other kids. And by the time that I sit down with my big dad size, I made it through nutrition day two, bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Justice looks at me and he goes, he's got two bites left. I mean, he's eaten the whole thing. And he sees my big bowl of ice cream. He goes, dad, can I have your bowl? He goes, I'll trade you. And he holds out his bowl to my face, you know, ice cream all over his face. He holds it out like this. And I said, absolutely. So I take his bowl. I give him my big bowl. And one of my other kids goes, that's not fair. And I said, this isn't about fair. This is about love. I like justice. He endured another day of healthy living, even though he's three, right? I want him to have, I got, I got more ice cream in the freezer. I got, I got tons of ice cream. It's not about it being fair. It's about love. I will gladly give him my ice cream. You give me two bites, I'll give you three scoops. You win and I win. Why? Because I like to love you, no matter how messed up you are, young three-year-old ice cream addicted boy. Tonight, I wanna invite you to make the great exchange. Some of you, some of you, you've in the past said, I'll pray a prayer, but you really haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've come close, maybe you've fallen short. Some of you, you just want to re-sign up. You've, you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and you've asked him to forgive you and set you free. But tonight you just want to re-sign up. John, I want to invite you guys to come on up. Some of you tonight, you're far from God. I mean, you're like, you're not even close. You're, you're the thief. Maybe you're Barabbas, the adulterous woman. You're the one that thinks I've gone too far. I'm too bad. I'm too messed up no chance for me. So maybe, maybe you're that first camp. Maybe you're the second. Maybe you're the third. But tonight you want to come before Jesus and you just want to surrender your life. Tonight you want to make that great exchange. You want to take your ashes and look at your life. The pain, the anger, the living for self, the rage, the fear. And tonight you want to come and you want to just take that and give that to Jesus. And he says, I'll take it and I'll give you new life. In me, you can find eternal life. Tonight, I believe there's some of you that you, you, want, to, you want to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to just come before God and say, God, I, I give you my life. I give you everything. Everything.
I give you my heart. I want to stand in the position of the one that's going to spend eternity with you. I want to stand in the position of being the one that's redeemed and loved. I don't want to define my life any longer by what other people think about me. Constantly trying to impress. I want to live knowing that you love me, that you delight in me, that my eternity is with you. My eternal destiny is with you forever and ever. We stand your feet. Those of you that tonight you say, those of you that tonight you're like, I'm in. You're like, I, I, I want this. I want to go after Jesus. That's you tonight. If you fit one of these three categories, I want to pray with you. I want to ask that. I want to stand with you and pray with you that Jesus will save you, change you, help you, restore you. I want to pray with you tonight that you'll spend eternity with him. I want to pray that he would help you not just about eternity, but about right now. About now and your life now. He would draw near to you. Give you supernatural strength. This is the great moment. Bring your little bit of two bites of ice cream. Just your little bit of repentance. Just your little bit of, I'm just, I'm just bringing what I have. And find Father that gives you far more than you could ever imagine. So if that's you tonight, just real somber, just I want to pray with you if that's you tonight. I invite you just to come right down here and just stand right here. And I'd like to just pray with you. Just come quickly. Run to the front. If that's you tonight.
after me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to live perfectly and die for me and make a way for me to be with you forever and to make a way for me to walk with you now in relationship with you. I say yes to Jesus. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to walk closely with you and spend eternity with you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to invite everybody, would you just stretch out your hands? Just stretch out your hands. One of the things we do at Desperation sometimes is we just, we just want to pray. So I'm not going to lead you. I just want you to take a minute. And there's a lot of people down here, a lot of stories, a lot of sons, a lot of daughters, a lot of friends. Down here, I see people from Colorado Springs down here. There's a lot of people that are saying yes to Jesus tonight. I want you just to take a moment and imagine thousands of people, thousands of people praying. It makes a difference. Will you take a moment and will you just pray for them? Will you pray for them for the next 50 years as they walk with Jesus? Just take a minute out loud to God, just you and God. Just pray for them. Go. God, we as leaders and friends, brothers and sisters, we pray for every young man and every young woman that's here tonight. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give them eternal life. We pray, Lord God, that you would grant them grace and strength when they feel weak and they feel broken. We pray, Lord Jesus, that decades from now, they'd have a vibrant heart, following hard after you. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, that they would develop a ferocious love for your word. We pray that you would place a supernatural fire on the inside. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they would love holiness, that they would run away from sin. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would protect them from the evil one. We pray, Lord God, that they would love worshiping and declaring to you who you are. We pray, Lord, that they would be lights in a generation filled with darkness generation filled with living for self, that they would live for Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would bring them friends, Lord God, that are comrades that help them on the journey. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they would walk with you all of their days. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah. Well, 
I feel like it's time to, to party a little bit. I feel like it's time to worship Jesus. Come on down here. Come on down. Let's worship the Lord together, right? John, will you lead us? Let's just celebrate what God's doing. <laughs>